from NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians. This is episode 134 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Ministry Monday. I'm your host, Amanda Bruce. Our conversations regarding this Advent season continue with a phone call that I had from Jessica Cook. Jessica serves as Director of Music Ministries for St. John of the Cross Parish in Western Springs, Illinois, a vibrant parish of 4,000 families in the Archdiocese of Chicago. I wanted to chat with Jessica first because, well, I watched the masses at her church religiously, pun intended, I suppose, in the first weeks of the nationwide shutdown in March 2020. Her parish didn't skip a beat. They live streamed seamlessly, and they did a great job, I might add. But Jessica's thoughts on self-care have also been echoing through my mind. As she had mentioned to me previously that she is writing a book on self-care for pastoral musicians. The topic of avoiding burnout and self-care is an elusive one to pastoral musicians as our calling is to serve others. It is a charism that extends to all that we do in ministry. We sacrifice our weekends, our holidays, We sacrifice our days off sometimes to play an unexpected funeral of someone that we so value in our parish, and so on. I know that many of us are happy to do it because, again, we are pastoral ministers. It's what we do. But what are the unique needs for us as ministers in 2020? What does taking care of ourselves look like this year? I really think that the challenges this year are so unprecedented for many people because it's not just like seven choir rehearsals. It's my job is no longer a paid position or um, it's huge things. And the the thing is, we were used to managing our seven choirs. We knew how to make it work. It was practiced. And and we knew that when um, Christmas was over, we would get a week off. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're, you know, homeschooling our kids and trying to figure out how to work from home and trying to figure out a live stream and wearing yes. hats that we didn't normally wear. At the same time, we're forced to make these decisions every day. And that's taxing. We have to make decisions about whether or not it's safe to go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, whether or not it's okay to meet up with a friend for lunch. Yeah. I mean, so we're making decisions and and they have consequences and that weighs on us. Yes. And it makes everything else we do harder. 
Yes. And I have to tell you this year, if, if you are not burned out, I don't think you're paying attention. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it's mm -hmm. a universal truth for people right now. We are mm -hmm. a society that is burned out. Yes. I, I love you saying, if you're not burned out, you're not paying attention. <laughs> right. What are some of the things that you have been finding are challenging right now in your life? Like what's been going on in your life in a COVID world? Um, well, <laughs> my life right now is um, trying to find balance. Mm -hmm. Balance has been a key thing for me over many years, but it's particularly now I'm trying to find balance between um, homeschooling or, you know, not really homeschooling, but remote mm -hmm. uh, e-learning um, with my kids and the needs that they have for me, which are greater than usual. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a seventh grader and a preschooler. So their needs are wildly different. Mm -hmm. um, and, but balancing that with what is needed for me in my work Mm -hmm. um, and managing a staff in a completely different way than I have before, mm -hmm. um, taking responsibility for um, trying to be fair with the assignment of work, but also the reality that there's only so much work to be had, especially mm -hmm. with rehearsals not meeting, mm -hmm. um, and just trying to do my best for not only my parish, but also my staff. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that I'm juggling right now. How was ministry for you right when COVID started? I mean, how did you make that transition? We immediately went to live streaming at church. Mm -hmm. And like for about a week, I'm not going to lie, it was really fun and really <laughs> invigorating. Mm -hmm. Um because in a way it was an opportunity to do things completely different. It was like a blank slate. Mm -hmm. And that in a way was exciting mm -hmm. um, and rewarding. But by the end of the first week, it was so apparent that we could not continue the way that we were. Mm -hmm without serious consequences to our mental health and well-being. Um, and that was just, you know, everyone. It was, at the time, it was me and two accompanists who traded off. And we were so worried about um, aerosols that we weren't sure if it was a good idea to rotate through different singers. We knew so little then. And so we went from providing music for daily mass to just providing music um, on Saturday evening for our vigil mass mm -hmm. that was live streamed and then later posted and recorded for people to access. Um, that was much more manageable for sure. The technological piece we cobbled together through the generosity of parishioners who lent equipment to us um, and just like a little bit of searching online to figure out how do we do this and what do we need to make it work and um, searching for, you know, specialty cords and things like that. Like, how do you connect this <laughs> yes. to that? That was the hardest part. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and you know just a, a little bit of help from people who hadn't really done it before but had done other things similarly um had, you know, who have audio experience or you know stuff like that and we fig so we figured it out and, um, and you figured it out well too i have to say uh, you know when covid shut the world down for lack of a better term you know it I watched your mass on the weekends when I was in lockdown. I mean, you you were live streaming before it was cool to live stream. Like you were the first, some of the first people I watched to really successfully do it. You really, you did a great job. Thank you, Amanda. We, we are so proud that we were able to do that without missing a single day of mass. Yeah. Um, and it was a labor of love for our parish. We knew they needed the sacraments in whatever form we could provide them. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it is a source of pride. Now our, our equipment doesn't always work. There's a lot to troubleshoot <laughs> sometimes, but boy, have we learned so much along the way. And I, I think it gets better and better. And we've taken the time to train people on the camera and to really teach them about liturgy mm -hmm. so that they understand where the action is. It has really changed the way I think we minister to because in some situations, I think, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I think that live streaming a liturgy can be draining in different ways or in, inspiring in different ways than it would be in person. Because, you know, as a cantor, I know that you, you canter so well on your live stream quite often. You know, normally in a liturgy, I, I take energy from seeing people respond in singing and seeing that eye contact and having that connection with people in the pews. But when you're live streaming to, let's just even say a partially virtual audience, and you have some people in person that you can't really necessarily encourage to sing right now. No. I, I don't know if it's as, you know, um, I, I've been finding that it's a little bit more draining sometimes. It, it really is. And not being able to see people's faces or even I think back to Holy Week and at Holy, Holy Week last year, we were still closed and I wept between my duties. Mm -hmm. I, I was not on the camera, mm -hmm. but I was sitting in the pew and I wept. It was so unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. um, it was the culmination of the church year and it was me and a priest and a lector and an accompanist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, def um, definitely not the normal experience. No, yeah. yeah. So let's transition actually to another high point in the church year. Let's let's talk about the Advent and Christmas season. Yes. Um, so of course, right now we are, um, we're well into Advent. We are looking towards Christmas and whatever that will look like for us across the country. Um, it, but, you know, let's, let's talk about that through the lens of burnout and through the lens of self-care. Um, what are some of the things that you have noticed that would help us think about that we really need to be cognizant of in burnout this particular year? I think it's really important to take care of yourself and treat yourself with compassion and also to just be aware that people around us are suffering and that perhaps the responses that we get from people are not typical or normal responses. I mean, I just, I fielded a call 
um, from a staff member the other day and she related me to, she related to me an incident that occurred that she fielded a phone call from a parishioner who was really unhappy about something and they were kind of nasty to her. Hmm. And she, she was like, well, Merry Christmas to you too. You know, it was like that kind of a response is what you feel like you want to do. And she did, of course, she didn't say that to this person, but that was what she was left with. She She just felt really down afterwards that she had taken a beating from this person figuratively. And I said to her, I think what's important for us as ministers is to know that people are hurting and that gets expressed in various ways. Mm -hmm. And all we can really do is listen and respond with love. That's what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's a combination of taking care of yourself which I think is frowned on, frankly, in the Christian community. I think talking about self-compassion or self-care, we've been taught to put others before us. But I, I want people to think about this. If we are to love others as we love ourselves, that starts with loving ourselves. That starts with recognizing that we are the beloved of God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we have to treat ourselves that way. We have to acknowledge that truth in us to start with so that we can love other people that way. That's so true. What are some of the things to kind of like wrap wrap things up here? What are some of the things that are kind of good takeaways for us. Let, let's just kind of do this twofold, if you don't mind. Um, what are some of the takeaways that we as listeners can do this year and then maybe subsequent years? Because I do think that there will be, um, I think there will be healing that will need to be done next year. Um, but, you know, how can we handle this year? What are some of the things that we can do to be gentle on ourselves? Um. I think one thing to do is to keep our expectations low and then hope to exceed them. Um, I think keeping it simple is a wonderful thing to do. Um, One of the things I have tried to do throughout Advent is to keep it really, really simple, Um, including for our live stream mass, we've been doing a chanted mass Mm -hmm. setting Um, because I can't have a 50 member choir on Christmas day. So I thought if we really scale back Advent, then we can still have that progressive solemnity come Christmas, Mm -hmm. even though it's not going to be like Christmas last year, it will still be, um, bigger and better than what we've been doing just week to week. There will still be something special about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think giving yourself permission to keep it simple or to scale it back, that that's just the reality of this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing. Um, and I think with learning so many new things with technology, and I think we're all just trying different things. Like if our assembly can't sing, should I be singing songs that they know because it's comforting to them? 
Or should I be singing songs that they don't know so that they're not tempted to sing along if they're not supposed to? Like, I think these are questions that don't necessarily have a right answer. And so we're all just testing the waters and trying to figure out what works. So I think we just set aside, you know, the striving for perfection and just try things and see what works and embrace the things that do and let go of the things that don't. My last question for you, and this is kind of a light one, it's kind of a fun one. What's your favorite Advent hymn and what's your favorite Christmas hymn? Oh, that is such a hard question. <laughs> um, I think my favorite Advent hymn is Comfort, Comfort, Oh My People. Mm-hmm. It just has such a dancey, you know, um, changing meter thing happening with that. It's really mm-hmm. joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the text. It has yes. a great text. Christmas. Oh, man. I don't even know if I have a favorite Christmas song. I, I'll i tell you, I have Christmas songs I don't love. Okay, you can do those. <laughs> um, but that I do anyway, because they're expected. <laughs> favorite Christmas. Maybe Oh, Holy Night. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe, and this is not really a carol either, but... Um, I want, I wonder as I wander, mm, mm-hmm. very haunting and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, hymns that you don't necessarily like, or songs you don't necessarily <laughs> like from Christmas. Um, I once had a Christmas where I often pick, I often pick uh, the first Noel for the preparation of the gifts or communion because we have mm-hmm. so many verses of it. And so it covers a lot of ground on a Christmas yep. Eve, four o'clock mass. Mm-hmm. Um And so I had picked it for the preparation of the gifts that year. And unbeknownst to me, um, a priest, I won't say who, but a (laughs) priest decided to start his Christmas Eve 4 p.m. homily with the statement, tonight I'm going to tell you why I hate the first Noel. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes to explain that as a child, I guess he always had to sing all six verses with his brothers and he just, he he doesn't really enjoy it. And so, oh man, with tongue in cheek, my cantor braced herself and walked up and said, our hymn during the preparation of the gifts is the first Noel. Like he looked over. (laughs) And we will be singing all six verses. verses. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You well, can't plan these things. You really, you really can't plan for them. You just go with it. You just, well, that's really the motto of, I, I think that's the motto of any Christmas Eve anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I- again, in a pre-COVID world, um, in a pre-COVID world, you know, you could plan down to the T and then you have someone pass out because they had their Christmas sweater on too tight, you know, exactly. and you, you have to call mm-hmm. the paramedics that's happened, you know? So, yes. you know, I, I think we just have to expect the unexpected, maybe even a little bit more. This Check time. out Holly's book recommendations by visiting the show notes of this episode is, uh, at ministrymonday.org. The recording of Creator of the Stars of Night was produced by GIA Publications, and our theme music was produced by Aaron Chows. Today's podcast episode was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work (laughs) of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday. And so it's just right now fear that if that doesn't work, I don't know what 
we're going to do with the people in the overflow room. We, we, we've started talking about it. We do actually have plan B and C, as you mentioned earlier, this is the, the year of plan A, B all the way through Z. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's a challenge to depend on technology as much as I think we are this year in particular. Mm -hmm. um, it really, it holds the experience for so many people who um, are staying home in, in rightly so, I mean, for safety reasons, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's a year for plan, plan F, plan Z. So, right. well, thank you for talking with me today. Um, I pray that you stay healthy and safe. I know everyone's saying it these days, but it, you know, bears repeating, stay healthy, stay safe. I hope your clergy stay healthy and safe and that they continue to be protected from COVID-19 and that you have a prayerful and beautiful experience, albeit maybe different, but I hope you have a beautiful experience for Christmas this year. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for inviting me and um, I wish you the same um, prayerful season of preparation and much joy. Thank you. For more information about Jessica, check out her bio and the website for St. John of the Cross Parish in the show notes of this episode. The recording of Creator of the Stars of Night was produced by GIA Publications, and our theme music was produced by Aaron Schaus. Today's podcast episode was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday. <laughs>